Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Amazing win for the Pats last night, and I have to qualify it. When you beat the NFL's only winless team with a 51-yard field goal with no time on the clock, and you qualify, that is amazing. It just goes to show you how different the Pats season has been. Good morning, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We're brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Paul Feinbaum here to talk about college football and a literal and figurative outbreak in the SEC, an outbreak of news and an outbreak of COVID across the southeast on those 14 campuses. He'll be here at 9, 10 a.m. Eastern on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Next up for the Pats at 3 and 5, they will welcome Lamar Jackson in Baltimore to town mm. on Sunday night football. And I would be negligent in my role as a host if I didn't compare, of course, Brady to Belichick. So Belichick sits at 3 and 5 this morning. Brady sits at 6 and 3. Belichick winning on Monday night. Tom losing on Who's Sunday better? Night. Oh, <laughs> Here it comes. Here, Here comes the comes. shifting of the narratives. Here it goes. But we got to throw a third person into the VIX, Jay. You got Bill Belichick. You got Tom Brady. And now, edging his way into the conversation and frankly, turning into must listen audio, must listen press conferences, Bruce Arians. Every time this speaks, you never know what he's going to say. And let's just say here, he is laying all the struggles from Sunday night on Tom Brady. On a couple of those routes, I know one was to Scotty Miller, uh, one was Antonio Brown, where it looked like the receiver, uh, they were running deep routes and, and it looked like they stopped and, and when they should have kept going. Um, is that another instance of them, uh, quarterback and receivers, reading different coverages? I know that was an issue in week one, too. It kind of was with Scotty. Um, the interception to AB, um, that was just a poor throw. The one to Chris. Chris read the right properly. Tom thought he was going deep. He stopped. Uh, those things can happen sometimes when you're, when you're doing it on the run. Mike Evans had just 17 targets combined in the last four games. He had 31 targets in the previous four. With him being the best receiver on this team, why isn't Byron making a more concerted effort of getting Mike involved in the passing game earlier? Mike, is, Mike was open a bunch in that ballgame. He just didn't, he didn't get targeted. That's all. He was open. Mike was was open. Fellas, what do you make of it? Mike was open. Which means means hit him or what? It it depends. I don't I don't I don't know the reads and the progressions, but I'm sure many receivers was open during the game. Because if you're if you're a receiver and you're not one or two in the progression, it's hard to get to three or four when the offensive lineman is sitting in your lap as a quarterback. And let's assume that Mike Evans might have been three in the progression or two in the progression. By the time Brady hits his back foot to deliver the football, he's being harassed. He's being sacked. So, therefore, he can't get the football to Mike Evans. It's just that's the reality of it. And then in terms of misreading things, it's okay for a couple misreads by a new receiver in Antonio Brown not knowing or being on the same page or thinking he's seeing one thing and Tom Brady seeing another. It happens when you have new players in the first game trying to gel together. It happens. But I just, you know, coaches like Bruce Arians, look, I'm, I'm going to try to give Bruce the benefit of the doubt by saying maybe by talking publicly about Tom Brady's struggles, Maybe there's a relationship there with Tom that says, you know, I'm going to do it this way because I want to put everybody else on notice that you don't get special treatment. We treat everybody the same. So I'm going to do it this way. Hmm. Maybe that's the case. 
Maybe that is. I've been around coaches before that have done that, called star players out to get the attention of everybody else. Belichick did it to Brady. They, it, it happened. So maybe that's how he's communicating with him. But if he's not, mm. then that's where it becomes problematic. Now, Brady's going to do the quarterback thing, right? He's not going to lash out. He's not going to be a diva wide receiver, as you guys like to call him on SportsCenter. Um, <laughs> he's going to just swallow it and keep it moving. That's what's going to happen. This is the David Chappelle skit where keeping it real goes wrong. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, absolutely. Zubin, I would I, yeah, he's you hosted have? SNL last week. I'm very familiar with Chappelle. Yeah, you tough. might be surprised. Tough on SNL last but as, week. But tough as, last but as, but as you said week. yesterday, yes. who are you? I'm kind of a chameleon. Sometimes <laughs> I might surprise you a little bit with who I know. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. First part of that, I'm cool with. Uh, the second part. Are, are, you know, are, now there's when you leave room, like when you're being too real, when you aren't keeping things internally, you're letting them go. You're being raw with your emotion externally. What happens is now you call people out. So is it Byron Leftwich? Are you calling him out? Because he's part of the targeting situation as well. Like, he can, right? yeah, exactly. Offensive coordinator. You call on timeout. I mean, by the way, it's not the first time you call timeout. <laughs> it, it's is this a shot at Antonio Brown? Because now think about this. Now, if you're Tom Brady, you're Antonio Brown, you're like, all right, we understand we have to get Mike Evans in, but I got six targets. It's not like I wasn't open here. So you, you put the team in a position where now the team could be against one another. And for what? Your ego purpose? You can fix that same problem by not doing it publicly. Maybe Tom did respond the first time that way, but also when do you take into account, Key, that this guy has been with the coach that for his entire career he's done it one way and you won Multiple Super Bowls. Multiple Super Bowls. So now I just want to do it my way because my way, I'm going to win my way. You can also take other lessons that you've learned from other people and make them applicable towards the new talent that you have on your team and try it different ways. Can you not? You, you can, but Bruce Arians has his way of doing things yeah, because but I, he's been successful coaching his style and talking publicly about players or the dislike for certain things that's been you know, displayed in his system. Different than Belichick. Belichick doesn't operate that way. They don't, you know, every coach is different. Belichick kind of quietly does things behind closed doors. I Coach Dungy that I had, Coach Dungy sarcastically said something that hurt to the core. Really? He, oh, my God. Yeah. That doesn't sound like what I see no, on TV. No, but it was, it was sarcastically done, though. Gotcha. Like, you, you knew it was you. It wasn't, it wasn't like to the public. It was internally in team meetings, but not naming you, but you knew based on his sarcasm, he was talking about you. Gotcha. So every coach just does it a little but, bit different. But I, this is a, this is a bigger conversation. Cause I, I hate that line. I hate when people say, well, that's just the way he's done it. it, it that's like the line. Well, this is just who I am. Like, no bro. That's who you choose to be. Like you can also choose to be the person that continues to elevate the way you think. Continues to elevate maybe the way you coach individuals if they're different individuals on your team. I just feel like that's a built-in excuse to say, but he this probably, is just the way I coach. It's the way I've done it all my life. So this way I'm going to do it now in 2020. The way I coach back in 1991, it's the way I'm going to coach in 2020. No, that's the way you choose to coach, man. But he, he may feel like that is the way to respond to his entire team going through Brady and talking outward about Brady's you know, lack thereof performance. And, and, and that may be the case. I don't know if Brady responds to that or not. I have no idea because I never played with Tom. So I don't know how he interacts and take that. Me personally, if he was to 
try and do me like that as a player, then I might have to say you don't want to call the plays and you're mm-hmm. the one not getting me the damn protection. Yeah. So I, I approach it differently than Tom. Tom does it the way quarterbacks do it. They stand up and just be stand-up guys. They're not like diva wide receivers that would lash out at their coaches. You know what it does too, Key? And I'm not, I'm not making excuses for the turnover ratio that he had because it was abysmal. But it makes you think about Jameis Winston. I was like, well, damn. If he's doing that, if he's doing that stuff to Tom Brady, like I remember well, him doing it. I know he too. did. Yeah. But like it was just, I guess it comes more to the forefront of national media conversation because it's Tom Brady, whereas Jameis was taking that beating for so long. And I mean, but national people weren't talking about it the same way that I'm sure you were talking about it on NFL Live and how a guy like Jameis Winston had to deal with that consistently. If we can win with this guy, <laughs> we can win with anybody. He essentially said that. I, you know. Damn, man. It, but see, me, I was saying, well, if we had a better coach, I would learn how not to throw the interception. I mean, it's just so it's all it's all how you go about dealing with the situation, right? And, and, and look, Tom Brady clearly is one of the greatest players to ever lace up a pair of cleats. We all know that. There's no argument there. Tom Brady also lost to the New Orleans Saints in week one. He also ran off three games and then lost to the Chicago Bears and then ran off another three games and lost to the New Orleans Saints again. Two times the New Orleans Saints within the same division. Something's there with the New Orleans Saints. Now, will he get over that hump if he sees them in the playoffs? If the Buccaneers happen to make the playoffs, Mm -hmm. will he get over the hump and finally beat a Drew Brees? Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. Right now, they sit at 6-3. and three. That's good enough for fifth in the NFC. Remember, this year, there are seven teams making the playoffs in each conference, 14-team playoff field. And, my goodness, if the COVID situation does get worse, the NFL's even put it in 16-game schedule mm. as a placeholder, in which case the top eight would make it. Mike Evans has been targeted more in the red zone than any player in the NFL since he entered the league, but his stat line in his last three games against Marshawn Lattimore, the lockdown secondary star of the New you Orleans Saints. you see that Saints. tweet that he had out the other day, too? Mm-hmm. What did he do? Oh, he, he clamped them publicly on Twitter. What did he say? He said uh, two targets? Yes. Two targets each time they played him the last three times? Zero catches. Zero catches. Literally put it on Twitter and said, oh, so the last time Mike Evans played against me, two targets, zero interceptions. See, I mean, I had to – yeah, I'm starving to get to you. Uh-huh. Oh, that's what <laughs> I'm saying. I can't wait for that matchup if it happens again. And those numbers are there. Stats incredible. Better luck next year is what he said. Indeed. Brought to you by My Computer Career, training for a better life, intimating that not only are we up in the division, but we swept you. We got the game in hand. Games in hand for college football in the SEC this weekend – Hang on a second. Put your seatbelt on because what we thought would be a great week of college football may be in some jeopardy. Mississippi State and Auburn, meanwhile, A&M, the biggest game of the weekend, Bama in LSU, and we don't know whether that game will go on. Those the dulcet tones of the voice of college football to so many. Paul Feinbaum, his appearance this morning brought to you by Dr. Pepper. The college football season heating up. So is your favorite Dr. Pepper loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice cold 20 ounce Dr. Pepper today. You just heard Paul. That was from his show yesterday. He also had SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey join him on the program on Monday, Paul, good morning. Basically, half the league was impacted by the outbreak yesterday. Alabama, LSU, Texas A&M, Tennessee, Auburn, Mississippi State, and Arkansas, who had their 58-year-old head coach stricken. You've had a chance to talk to everybody down there, your listeners, and the most important guy of all, Commissioner Sankey. Biggest takeaways from a dizzying 24 hours in your league? 
Yeah, the commissioner was predictably uh, distraught, as you can imagine, Zubin. The only thing that he said that, that could affect the scheduling is that they do have that final weekend where the championship game is, and they can make up games like the Big Ten and, and other leagues. Not that that really will be very satisfactory, because they, they are now at the point, like everyone else, there are no more bye weeks. Uh, well, excuse me, there is a bye week at, uh, the week before the championship game, but it's already being filled up. Like, like if LSU doesn't play... This weekend against Alabama, they've already got Florida that final week. What's interesting is it may not really matter. It, it, it's so clear after Saturday when Florida beat Georgia that the two best teams in the SEC are Florida from the east and Alabama from the west. So you can't just declare the winners, but uh, if, if we get enough games in, and right now anything is up, uh, everything is up in the air, then those two will meet uh, on December 19th, and, and the winner will go to the playoffs, and if Florida... Uh, somehow beats Alabama, I would think there's a reasonable chance Alabama would as well. Now, that's not taking into consideration what happens between Notre Dame and Clemson. Paul, you mentioned that LSU-Alabama game could be postponed to a degree. Do you think it's going to happen, though? Right now, it's right on the edge. Uh, Ed Ogeron said he's down to one quarterback. Remember, Miles Brennan, his starting quarterback, is likely gone for the season, uh, and, and he said they'd have to move some people around. It's all about numbers. Uh, there's a 53 uh, roster number that, that is mandatory. If you go below that, you can't play. You, you, can, work around, we, you, can, you can make numbers work any way you want within reason, but, but, but Keyshawn, it, we will know a little bit more today with the three times a week testing. Uh, today, I think, is a fairly important day. But just think about that game getting wiped out. Uh, that has always been one of the most important games of the year in college football. In fact, several times over the last couple of years, it's been the biggest game of the year in college football. Last year it was. It was one versus two. The president of the United States was there. Everyone in the world was watching. And uh, this year was not going to be very interesting, though, because uh, Vegas had the, had the line somewhere between 24 and 28 points at Tiger Stadium, guys. Uh, we, we've never seen anything quite like that in the modern time, but it just shows you how good Alabama is and what a rough season LSU is having. Paul, Georgia's not committed on their quarterback for the upcoming game, or is Stetson Bennett's number, his, his day's numbered? Is he pretty much there? Are they going to go with JT Daniels finally? Uh, <laughs> for those who don't know this story, I'll try to tell it quickly. Uh, Stetson Bennett is the four-string quarterback. Uh, three months ago, Jamie Newman was supposed to be the starter. He was a, he was a grad transfer from Wake Forest, and uh, you know, he, he opted out. And then uh, Mathis uh, had a rough opening game. JT has not seen much action because of injury that he brought with him from Southern Cal. It, it seems logical. I, I, I mean, Kirby Smart... Uh, is being very stubborn. And by the way, I know I know I don't want to get too deep into the woods here, but the starting quarterback at Ohio State, Justin Fields, <laughs> who very well may be the Heisman winner, was at Georgia two years ago and uh, decided I'm tired of being a backup to Jake Fromm, who had a, a subpar senior uh, junior season last year, and then decided not to play there this year to take his lot to the NFL. I haven't seen much of him, guys. Have you? No, that's Zubin's uh, favorite player from Georgia. <laughs> Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin is presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Shell Penzo performance line. Paul Feinbaum here. Paul, what is your take on the Notre Dame storming the field hmm. conversation going on right now? Especially if that, if that equates to a player having COVID with the season they're having with Brian Kelly. What are your thoughts? 
Well, I, I think it shows you how far Notre Dame has fallen, uh, the fact that they would storm the field for beating the number one team in the country, because uh, there was a time when that was just business as usual uh, in South Bend. It wasn't a big deal to beat somebody in, uh, in the top five because Notre Dame was easily number one. But that's the first time Brian Kelly has won a top five game since he's been there. And I found the most uh, hypocritical comment of all to come from the president uh, at Notre Dame, uh, Father Jenkins, who, by the way, uh, was at this White House rally for Amy Comey Barrett, uh, who, who taught at Notre Dame and is a Notre Dame uh, graduate, uh, without a mask, and he caught COVID. And now he's admonishing the students at Notre Dame uh, for, for putting everyone's health in jeopardy. Uh, that's the president of Notre Dame. That should be a position beyond uh, a, a reproach. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, there's two schools of thought. Uh, I don't blame students for acting crazy. We were all there once, uh, although it's hard to imagine uh, Key or Jay Will acting crazy as students because they were the ones we were all acting crazy about. But the point being, uh, it, 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 you know, there were, it was all students at the game and students and family. Uh, but, you know, you, I have a hard time, even though I know how dangerous it was, criticizing young kids for being young kids. Let me ask you this, Paul. Now you get your opportunity to bash me, take a shot at me, whatever you want to do, kick me underneath the rug. I'm going to ask well, you I was going to do that. I'm, I'm going to ask you about the USC Trojans. A comeback win against Arizona okay. State. Most of the country, I'm assuming, had an opportunity to watch because it was a 9 a.m. start out on the West Coast. Did that do anything for the thoughts of what USC could be as the season goes on? Yeah, I'll surprise you. Um, I mean, I, I was flipping around at one point. And they were down. I, I assumed that they had lost. <laughs> and, you know, they come back and win the game. And uh, that was a season saver. Uh, it really was. Because without that, then, then we don't really hear about – you can't lose a game like that and, and still be in contention on a, on a, sh- a short, truncated season. So it was, a, it was a gutty comeback, and it was miraculous. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to pass up the easy uh, take a swing at – Keyshawn while he's not looking on this Tuesday morning. I'll, I'll wait till next week or the week after for that. Michigan, is that program done for the year? Toast. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a big game against Wisconsin this weekend, uh, which is not, it's great for Wisconsin, but you know, Michigan has only one chance, Keyshawn, to salvage the season, and everyone knows what that is. They have to beat Ohio State. Uh, without that, uh, this was another lost cause for Jim Harbaugh, and I think there's more conversation now about what happens next for Harbaugh? Is he a legitimate NFL coach? Would the Jets want him? I, I, boy, boy, I tell you what, if the Jets hire him, I'm moving to New York and going to work for the New York Post because that, that would be the <laughs> most fun uh, working for a tabloid and covering Jim Harbaugh in the, in the largest uh, media market in the country. But uh, it, it's hard to imagine he has a path forward. Uh, it seems like it's an every week conversation about him, but you know, you know, he's at least the other day, he lost to a pretty good team. Indiana, surprisingly, uh, is playing really good football at the moment. But, but Harbaugh's cause has become rather, rather, rather poor. Uh, I, I, don't think, I don't see much path for him. Uh, and, and a week ago when we were all, well, at least I was writing him off, uh, it, it, it's gotten considerably worse since then. Mm. Last mm. thing for you, Paul, and by the way, finally, maybe Michigan gets a little bit of a respite from all the problems they've had, the losses to Michigan State and Indiana, because they're going to be taking on 
Wisconsin on Saturday night football, which should be the Badgers' return to college football. So maybe just the heat goes off Harbaugh for a second because the storyline will be the Badgers. The one storyline I haven't had a chance to talk to you about all season, and this is our last thing. Um, when in the world did Florida quarterback Kyle Trask get this good? Uh, we, I don't know because the Kyle Trask story is fascinating. He's from Texas, Zubin. His parents uh, were all Texas A&M fans. Therefore, the name Kyle, uh, he was named after Kyle Field. <laughs> uh, he, he didn't start in high school. He, he was the backup to Derek King from Miami. He goes to Florida, never started there, and only, and only when Felipe Franks went down in the Kentucky game did he get his chance. And since then, uh, he has been the reincarnation of Danny Warfel, Tim <laughs> Tebow, and Steve Spurrier wrapped into one. Uh, at, yeah, he was really good last year. This year, with the, the tutelage of Dan Mullen, and everyone knows uh, Alex Smith, Dak Prescott, and, and the aforementioned Tebow, uh, he has turned into one of the three or four best quarterbacks in the country. So uh, that's, the, that's the long and short of it. I know that was a long answer, but it takes a while to explain to the nation who he is. Then I, I just want to tell you, Paul, great marketing collateral behind you with the name everywhere. I, I really like it. Well done. <laughs> Very GQ suit. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting uh, – I've already, I've already gone ahead and made, uh, making my money on the NIL, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know fine by eligibility left with the it. national letter. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I, have, I, have four, I have four years of eligibility left. <laughs> great stuff. We'll see you on the SEC Network this afternoon at 3 Eastern time as we always tune in for the best college football talk anywhere. Mr. Branding, Mr. 2020, Paul Feinbaum. Paul, thank you, man. (laughs) Thanks, guys. You're bad, guys. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. Proud to serve our members of the Armed Forces, DOD veterans, and their families. Our members are their mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Always great to have Paul here. On the way, hang on, some fascinating news coming out of the NBA this morning. We'll get J. Will's thoughts on that. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Why do we say 0 and 9? Like when we talk about the Jets. Oh, because you're a big 0 and 9 it's guy. It's 0 and 9. So when I, I'm so curious. I would love to hear people's perspective on this. I just don't know when it changed. Like, oh, oh you're 0 and 5. You're 0 and 6. Mm-hmm. You're right. I mean, 0 is a number. 0 is not a number. What do you think, Key? I mean, it's fair. You, I could go either way. Yeah, but I'm not using 0 and 9 in my vocabulary. I've always known it to be 0 and 16, 0 and 15, you know. Doesn't to each his right. own. Doesn't make it right. So okay, the, anyway. To each Jets, his own. That's I know, fine. I know, I know. So the Jets are either 0-9 or 0-9. But I feel like – Still feel terrible like, either wait, way. I feel like that's a sly at one of our producers <laughs> because if I can remember correctly, they corrected you. They yelled at me. He yelled at me. Yeah, he yelled at him. That's right. He it's 0-9. He nine. scalded it's him. It's 0-9. He scalded like, him for that. Actually, it's 0-9. O is a letter Because he just, you just know, saying. I get it. Anyway. I understand. Okay. Sorry, Zubin. I'm no done. Worries. No worries. What uh, do you say? I say 0 and 9. I'm going with you. Okay. <laughs> well, you can say either way. No, I'm going with you. Either, it just sounds better. Either way. Just, Whether you want to go O's or you want to go zeros, there are plenty of zeros that are going to be I know. On it sounds line. great. See, debate. It sounds great, but I've never heard, heard an announcer on television say, they're 0 and 6. I never heard that. There's always 0 and 6. Right. See, my dad's always correcting because I used to say 0 and he's like, actually, there's 0 and 6. 0 is the number that you use in numerical, like, numerical reference. I, 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 I don't I think it's going it. to change. I, yeah, I understand. <laughs> I'm, I, I know. Should, tweet at J. Will. <laughs> tweet at J. Will, please. Tweet at the show. This morning's Dr. No, Pepper you personally. Yeah, Zero fine. I'm part of the show. <laughs> Speaking of zeros, there's a ton of zeros and a ton of commas here in the NBA's new financial plan that I want to get into with Jay here. Just again, to recap, the NBA draft November 18th. Let's move in chronological order. NBA draft November 18th. Free agency on the 20th. Two days later. Two days later. The regular season starts on the 22nd of December. What's important to note is that the salary cap and the luxury tax are going to remain the same as last season. You would think after all the money they lost in China with that whole situation with Daryl Morey, all the money they lost by having to go to the bubble and not have fans in games since March and all of the regular season games that were essentially canceled, you would think they'd scale back and say, listen, fellas, we can't operate under a 2019 business or economic model. Life is way different in 2020 and 2021. But they are saying... Everything is the same. So that's got to be a good sign about where the league feels their health is. Let's get Jay's perspective on a second. But first, Tim Bontemps, ESPN NBA writer on Freddie and Fitzsimmons on ESPN Radio on how all of this came together for Adam Silver. Um, Ever since the NBA season ended in the bubble uh, in early October, um, the two sides have really been uh, sitting down and trying to hammer this thing out. And you know, unlike, say, in baseball, where there's been a lot of animosity between the players and, and the league in recent years, and particularly between the commissioner, Rob Manfred, and the players, um, the working relationship between the players and the league is as good as it's ever been. And both sides were kind of continually working towards trying to get this thing done. And as we see today, they were able to come to an agreement that, you know, really covers all the bases that they need to and has us you know, getting back on the court here in about five weeks. So this is where it's really interesting. I do give the NBA a lot of credit because their relationship, the NBA PA with the NBA is a lot different than what you had in Major League Baseball or what you have in football. Uh, They have been working towards this. Just to give people a little bit of context here, 10% of player salaries are kept in escrow. They're kept in escrow, and they're kept in escrow due to in case 
you know, situations happen that they can use the escrow uh, to, you know, whatever direction they want to use. Every, it. every year this happens? Yes, every oh. year in players' contracts. It's written into the CBA. It's in your contract. So, Zubin, I think what they've done here is they've increased that to 13%. Mm. And I think they're using that buffer in order to say, hey, we may not get to a place where we are allowed to have fans in the stadiums. Now, remember, fans being in the stadiums account for 40% of players' revenue. I mean, that, that, of the NBA's revenue. That's a lot of money. So getting to 72, 72 games, it, it, it's a pretty important number. It doesn't leave a lot of room, a lot of margin for error key. Because you also have, you have national deals. You have the ESPN, the TNT deals. Then you also have local TV deals. So explain to me. So the 13% they hold back. Mm-hmm. What do they do with the 13%? Or if 10%, nothing, uh, 10% they hold back typically. Well, I, I thought you said they got Well, they're, they're boosting up to 13% due to having some extra funds due to some of the funds that the NBA did lose this year from not having fans in the stadiums and obviously taking into account everything happening with the pandemic and the billion-dollar bubble and all those So things. do they slide yeah. that, whatever that number is, from collective players, do they slide that number over so that the salary cap can remain the same as it is or has it always been? Do they use that money to subsidize Discussionary the losses? purposes. I, I, I don't know all the innuendos of the CBA. We have to get somebody on that can well, explain. We sound like we're in a conference here. Because, <laughs> I mean, you're getting down to the nuances, right? This is the, the cap and how it's all structured out. We have to get somebody on to explain all that. Yeah. But I do know that that number has gone up. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it gets interesting if we don't allow fans in the stadiums because then if it gets to a certain point, you're losing out on so much revenue. And what I was telling you, the local TV deals, why that's important, is if you, if you get to 70 games, say like an extra billion dollars, Zubin. And remember, this year's just 72 games. So there's a lot less margin for error. Normally, Key, it's 70 games, 82 games, right? Yeah. Jay's talking hitting 70 games, but there's only 72 to play this season. And, and that's where it becomes, you know, how do you make those games up? But that's why it was so important that they got to 70 games. Correct. That's why you saw the NBA say, hey, look, before, we're not just going to jump right to the playoffs. We're going to play 10 or 11 more games to satisfy those local TV deals Huge. in order to generate that revenue, then build into the, the playoffs. You mentioned fans in the stands. Indoor football facilities, they haven't had any. Only outdoors is what I've seen. I haven't seen any indoor uh, stadiums with fans in, The Cowboys have about 25,000, but it really depends on how you want to think about that. Yeah, that's right. Once again, that's a 100,000-seat stadium. That's way bigger than any other NFL stadium. So socially distanced behavior becomes a lot easier in a bigger stadium. And that is depending upon your state, which is governing what rules or stipulations they have in place. But still, that's not meeting the whole league at its entirety. That's meeting one team's needs. And that's still drastically less than what they would accumulate. Yeah, exactly. In the NBA, you got 16,000-seat arenas. What what are you going to put in there? 3,000 people? Right. Exactly. And we should also mention that this is important. It's a giant rainy day fund. Think about the escrow as a gigantic rainy day fund that if they have to dip into it because of something crazy, they'll be able to do it. On the way, who can stop the Chiefs in the AFC? Dan Orlovsky's waiting this morning. He Uh-oh. says the Bills. The Super Bowl champion Jeff Saturday says the Steelers. We will see what everybody else thinks. On the way, 888-ESPN, your time to answer that question. Key J and Z on Twitter. Who challenges the Chiefs the most?
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hey, hold up. Before I let you go. One more thing before we let you go. Before I let you go, it's one thing or zero things or O things, right? You got somebody on social media helping us out with the zero O thing. It's a good point by somebody. Yeah, actually, let me read it. Let me, let me pull it back up since I lost it. So I know you're going to reference it. Hold <laughs> on. I got it. I got it. I got it. All right, zero is the correct word. However, O is the last letter in zero, and that is used as an abbreviation for zero. Okay. So there you got it. Okay. Kind of melds with both. The zero and eight New York Jets. <laughs> or the O and eight. Doesn't don't, sound any better. Doesn't no, sound it's any better. Don't skip a game. They're zero and nine. <clears throat> are they zero and nine? Don't That's right. Oh, yeah, zero and nine. <laughs> mm. Once you lose too many, I stop counting. I Fair was 1 in 15 once upon a time. That's like the entire NFC East. That's my life. <laughs> so on the other side of that argument, teams that are 0 and 9 or 0 and 9, it's teams that are actually trying to flip Zero that number and get to 16 and 0 like the Steelers and we're asking this morning who's the biggest threat to the Chiefs in the AFC? It is the undefeated zero loss or O loss Steelers <laughs> that are the runaway you say favorite. Go ahead. <laughs> They're the runaway favorite, fellas. Sixty eight percent of you have said Pittsburgh on our Twitter nation. At Strickland Ken just hit us up on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, quote Steelers because of Mike Tomlin, which is something he has been saying that he's one of the best coaches in the NFL. He certainly has the hardware to prove it. Um, part of the reason we're asking everybody about who can catch the Chiefs is because Max Kellerman and others believe they have the best player at the most important position in the history of the NFL. He is the best I've ever seen do it. And we're already in the territory with Mahomes where we're starting to look for like um, consolation prizes for everyone else. We're already approaching territory that we did with Jordan in the NBA where people would get like, oh, we can't give Jordan the MVP again. He's going to win the, 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 champ, you know, the, the, the chip MVP anyway. All right, we'll give one to Barkley. We'll give one to Malone. We'll give one to whoever. Come on, stop. It was MJ every year back then. It's Mahomes every year now. The dude is the best I've ever seen. Do it. Keith? little hyperbole? He's well, not wrong. Look, man, first of all, Jordan was winning championships when they started talking about we can't give it to him every year. Patrick Mahomes won one so far. He's headed in the right direction, but it's early in his career, so you can't say he's the greatest of all time. This is only his third year as a starter. Like, seriously, slow down. He's got a lot more to prove he's on the right track. We said several years ago that Aaron Rodgers was going to be the greatest quarterback to ever play, right? Da-da-da-da-da-da. 
How did that work out? Nobody's talking about it anymore. Even though he's going to be one of the greatest no question. quarterbacks to ever play. No question. Right? I mean, it just – I remember our good friend Ron Jaworski mm-hmm. on ESPN saying that Kaepernick <clears throat> is going to be the best to ever play. Uh, circumstances changed. Yeah, right. We should mention Jaws was a former quarterback yeah, himself. Yeah, he was a so former quarterback, and, 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 he said, and he said that. All I'm saying is slow it down. Same thing I have told Jaws. Man, slow down, man. Just – Things happen, right? Andrew Luck was going to be the greatest guy and all. It just Patrick Mahomes is headed in the right direction. There's no question about it. But you got to pass up Montana. Dan Marino. Elway. Elway. I, I guess the question is how. Steve Young. I mean, I could just go on and on and on and on. How do you pass them is the question, right? Depending upon subjectively how you look at what is the greatest of all time. Is that – surpass him in championships is that surpass him in stats is that surpass him in the amount of touchdowns you throw is it all the above I think everybody looks at this conversation differently I agree with you everybody everybody does look at it differently there's no question about it Jay because the way that I judge guys is how many rings do you have because statistics is really semantics as far as I'm concerned I could throw the ball all over the lot and get uh, uh, catch the ball and have great numbers and didn't help my team win. So Patrick Mahomes is going to win more championships. There's no question about it. So Tom Brady is greater than Joe Montana? No, not well, necessarily. Why did you say you said no, by, I, I, by rings, meaning, right? Meaning that I'm judging championships. Just because he went to nine and won six, Joe went to four and lost zero. Yeah. But they're in the same conversation. Elway's in that conversation. Marino at once upon a time was going to be in that conversation. Now the conversation is, Marino's the, 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 the flick of the wrist. That right. conversation is the flick of the wrist for Marino because he didn't win a championship. So it's like he was the best passing quarterback that I've ever seen. That's the conversation for a Marino, where these other guys have championships. Now, as he continues to collect the hardware, and now you start to say, well, he did it different than everybody else. But I think, I think you're starting to make my point for me, though, that there's so many subdivisions of GOAT conversation, right? Like, he's the GOAT of – passing quarterback I've ever seen. Well, he's right? like certainly that, – that's like, But that's like a subdivision, right? That's not – and then I'm like, well, who's the great – so then who would be the greatest quarterback of all time in your opinion? Man, it's Tom Brady and Joe Montana. I mean, if you, if you really want – it's Tom Brady and Joe Montana. It's both of them. And here's why I say that. Because later in Tom's career, they won Super Bowls. I would probably say three of the six – three of the six that they won – I credit to Tom. The other three, I credit to the defense. Four of the Super Bowls at 4-0, and Joe Montana. Joe Montana at 4-0. and So nice. it's kind of like – Excuse my lack of football history, but Zubin, I'm sure you can help me with this question. Who was the head coach for Joe Montana those years he won four? Bill Super? Walsh, the late Walsh. great Bill, Bill Walsh, Walsh, who has okay. the biggest, greatest coaching no, tree. No, Seifert was there too, though, right? Seifert was there at the end. He followed Walsh. No, Walsh he, was Seifert won with Steve Young, right? Yes, yeah, George okay, Seifert. Then he went yeah. to the Carolina Panthers. But Bill Walsh – he developed the West Coast offense. He was the guy that spawned all of these guys that throw the West Coast offense. Late, great, one wow. of the greatest coaches in the history of the NFL. I would also point this out, whether you want to talk about Mike Holm, Andy Reid, all, yeah. all these guys all are Bill Walsh okay. guys. He also coached at Stanford back in the day, very revered head coach. The one thing I would say about that is this. It's also what you do for your organization. Yes. The Niners were not a great organization until Joe Montana showed up and threw a pass to Dwight Clark the in catch. the NFC Championship game great. known as the catch. And then they became the team of the 80s. The Chiefs had won a championship with Len Dawson, but that was back in the early 1960s. It's a lifetime ago 
for most people. So if Patrick begins to win, then people will say he brought the Chiefs back, back much like the Patriots. The Patriots were nothing before Parcells, Bledsoe, and Brady showed you mean up. Tony Eason didn't help. <laughs> Tony Eason didn't Grogan. help. <laughs> Zolak, we love our guy Zolak, but I got to tell you, it's what you do individually, but what it's what you do to raise the collective franchise. Montana made the 49ers, Brady made the Patriots, mm. and in this particular case, Elway made the Broncos. You could just go on and on and on. I think they're key. There is something to that. What did you do, yeah. not just to elevate yourself, absolutely. but elevate the franchise? A- absolutely, and I think Patrick Mahomes is going to continue. The only thing that scares me about this continuation of championships is there's two coaches that's on that staff yep. that'll probably be gone within the next 24 months. One offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy, and the other is Spagnola, the defensive coordinator, former head coach of the St. Louis Rams. He'll probably get a second bite at the apple as availability and vacations. I'm mean, vacations, vacancies. I'm already thinking about vacation, vacancies. <laughs> Cabo, no, one, vac- two, three, no. <laughs> one, two. Leave Nikki V alone. As, as things start to happen, he'll be looking at another opportunity. No doubt. Then Exel undoubtedly somewhere chucking shots right now. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.